Hello, everyone. Another fantastic week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I'm Alon. And my name's Sara. My name's TJ. So we're doing this a little bit differently these days. We're, uh, we're not in an actual big fancy studio, but uh, now we're in a smaller, slightly less fancy studio. And uh, it's a little weird because we don't have the music playing. But, well, I guess you hear the music. They're going to no, hear the music. Okay. You, you know, I, uh, I received a letter from the FCC. The saying, saying what? They said, um, hey, guys, uh, by the way, um, you can say shit and fuck all you want. When you're not actually using the airwaves? Really? Well, that's wow. just circumstantial. I'm, I'm going to point out to our listeners anyway that I'll, I'll probably avoid doing that simply. So this won't be called like the fuck show or something like correct. that? Correct. Just, just to stay professional. Um, you, sir, need to move closer to your mic, though. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've got a, a whole bunch of things to talk about. Another week, um, I have a letter from one person who wants us to talk about uh, fighting games and the evolution of, of individual fighting games over time. Um, I, too, have a letter, yep. by the way. I like, how, I like how each of us get letters, but we don't often get the same letter. Yeah, people like don't they, always include us like both on Like they decide, them. they're like, no, 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 this one, Wait, I only want a lawn to wh- see. Why don't I get letters? Because nobody likes me. You're, you're not. You said it, not me. You're not on the website. You're still a probationary, man. That's what it comes I'm down probation? to. Very yeah. probationary. What if I, the fact that you're not even coming through in the audio right now is proof. What if I volunteered and said that I'll update the website and do a takeover with my face on front of the website? The problem with that is that I would then have to give you passwords, and I don't trust you worth a damn to give you passwords. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, just, just suck it up for a while. Fine. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> where do we start? You, you go. Okay. Well, you've got the stuffs. You may remember a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week, we were talking about our our Mexican friend Sergio. I remember the name. Yeah. Yes. And um, he was dissatisfied with our address of his complaint, and so he basically he wanted to reframe his complaint. Right. He was talking about, oh, why are games easier today? Right. And he was basically writing us saying, you know, hey, thank you for reading it, but uh, I am dissatisfied with this result. And um, he thought that he was poorly communicating what his uh, complaint was. But It's odd how often that happens with us. Well, it's not, it's not just us, right? I mean, like, welcome to the Internet, right? Okay. But uh, anyway, so he kind of reframed his question. and He's like, you know, today's games, he feels, are way, way easier than – you know, yesterday's games. And he, he primarily for him, he says it's because, well, you know, most of the games these days, there's like checkpoints every five minutes, right? And he didn't articulate this, but I think that going along those same lines, it's, you know, there's, you make a mistake, right? And you are right back fairly close to where you started. And so he feels like this takes the danger off, right? And I think that we'll all agree that there's, there's especially most of the big hit games, that come out these days. Uh, they're very, very much like that, you know? And so, um, Christ, I don't even know what, why he's, um, what else he's saying about that because my printer is terrible. All I can think of to do is to repeat the same things that we talked about before, like how, you know, things have evolved to the point that they put so much time and effort and, and more importantly, money into these games that they want to make sure that people don't abandon them. Yeah. Um, well, so it has to be a wide audience and make sure that we get to see all of the game that was developed. Here, and, here's another, here's another little slightly different tack on it. Right. Um, you know, accessibility is a really, really huge consideration for games, especially games that want to be really popular. Right. And I think that there's, there's kind of a fallacy in a way of accessibility where, you know, they, they want to make the game accessible, not only in terms of it being easy to understand and easy to know what the rules are, but they don't want to make it too hard for you to play, right? And they also don't want to prohibit your progress in the game too much, right? And that's one reason why they, they do this, you know, this, this checkpoint every five minutes sort of thing, right? It's because um, any loss you sustain is temporary and it's, you know, very easily replaced. Even if you're not that good, you can kind of just plow through the game. They want to make sure you can get through it, right? But the thing is, is that when... I think, Sergio, this is what you're missing, and this is what you you wish was there with some of the newer games, is that you never get a chance for the game to demand a certain standard of performance from you 
and you never get to experience that satisfaction of basically learning and improving yourself in terms of how you're performing in the game to the point that you can actually execute whatever the game is demanding of you better, right? Instead, it's just, I can just push on even though I suck kind of thing, which is great to get everybody and it's great to get lots of people to see the game, but people don't ever actually get to you know exercise their brain muscles, so to speak. And I think that you don't, here's the funny thing about it, right? You don't, you don't get to exercise those muscles unless there's something that the game demands from you. But if the game is demanding, then lots of people, like people are lazy, right? And so not everybody wants to exercise those muscles in that way that you do, Sergio. And so I think that that's the crux of it, really, which it's, it's kind of a shame, you know, because it's like I think that those kinds of things are the greatest things in games that games can offer an individual. But at the same time, what that means is that it's, imposing some demands on you. And once that happens, then you have to do things that you might not feel like doing all the time. You know, you have to, you have to bring your game up. You have to endure some difficulty. You have to do things wrong and figure out what the right way is, right? And all those things are really, really hard to put in a game in a very, very fluid way. And so most developers, I think, are skirting the issue by just saying, well, let's just get them through it, right? And they're, repla- they're, they're kind of doing, like, a, they're replacing... Real achievement for simulated achievement, as it were. So, okay, so I agree, right? But uh, I, I still feel like we're just rehashing what we said in in the past. Um, but it's funny because when you were talking about that, I was thinking of a real-world analogy, right? So uh, I've talked about how I did that Tough mutter thing. I talked about that in the air, yes. right? Right, right? Okay, I, I knew that I had. Um, and I'm thinking about there's this time that was very video game-like. I mean, a lot of it was video game-like. But in particular, there was this one part where we had to jump over these, you know, you, you, could, avoid, you could avoid jumping by just not jumping and, and falling into the ditch and then climbing out of it. But there were like 10 of these in a row where you had to jump a, a distance, which for me was like, uh, just because I'm, I'm not terribly tall, but I guess I'm taller than other people. who are You involved. are tall. You're I'm, pretty tall. Uh, well, not really. I'm not one of those weird people you see walking around. No, you're not like a like six giant or something. You're you're slightly above average. He's, he, All right. Just admit it, you're tall. Okay, so I'm a little bit tall, but um, I can jump, right? So we have to jump these these gaps of whatever the heck the distance is, but it's just enough for me to go. All right, cool. This will be a fun jump, but not particularly taxing on me, right? But other people who are maybe shorter or don't, you know, jump a lot, whatever, had to really struggle and like get back and run and do everyone really, really, really carefully, right? So they probably got a lot more out of that than I did, and I was just sort of like doop, 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 doop. Real so you done. found it boring? Not boring. It was still fun, but like it, it it's not like uh, a video game where you can't. Mine was the example of one where it didn't really challenge me that much, right? Yeah. So it wasn't all that rewarding. Whereas for other other people who had a different scenario, right, it was much more difficult. You weren't completely satisfied with that particular part of the course. Yeah. And what what Ara talks about uh, a game that is, is very rewarding to someone is one that, that really makes you learn or makes you struggle so that you have that feeling of overcoming something, right? And that's what I was thinking of when you were when you were saying that it's like, I didn't really have to overcome as much as other people did in that particular scenario. So that's, that's actually a great example um, of, you know, this flow theory that our, our favorite uh, Mihaly, Csikszentmihalyi Mihaly is, uh, say that again? No, I won't. Yeah. Um, And right. His, his flow theory, which I, I think gets kind of like overused and also kind of like misused a lot of times, but what he puts forth is that, you know, this, this idea that like, you know, people, people generally like there, there's a sweet spot of performance, right? Not even so much performance, but of experience, right? And if you're too much on one side of this sweet spot, then the experience is boring, right? Like the jump that is like a step the size of a curb, that's boring, right? On the other side, if there's too much difficulty and effort involved, then it becomes anxiety-inducing and, and other bad things happen, right? And, I mean, surely when you're faced with a challenge, regardless of whether it's, you know, Tough mutter or in the video game or doing anything else in life, right? This is the beauty of this. It applies to every human endeavor pretty much. On the other hand, right, if it's too hard, if it's, then you start getting frustrated. You don't feel like you can do it. Once you don't feel like you can do it, you give up, right? And so... 
that's not optimal and boring is not optimal, right? And and so this theory, you know, describes things about like, well, what can you do to, you know, one of the one of the implications is how do you, how can you make a game to optimize that experience so that you are always in the optimal range, you know? To reach flow. Like I hate I hate the way you don't like that phrase? It, no, it I mean it's correct, right? But it's oversimplifying it. No, it's not oversimplifying it either. It's just I don't know. It just I, I don't like the way it sounds. But, Overused. But it's it's not like it's not like something you know. It's not like you're in like you know you're in the draft in, in the like, zone. No, it is a little bit like that, yeah. right? But let, let's let's move past that anyway. Um, but here's the thing, right? Is that the games the games they're not. It's really hard. One of the hardest things, and I think one of the most interesting things about game design is to create an interactive structure that facilitates that type of state, you know, that flow state for as many people as possible. That's one of the hardest things to do. The game called Flow, that don't do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so because because well, I mean that 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 game and you know that that company's games are supposed to basically follow supposedly following this guy's this guy's theories and his his, his yeah. teachings. Is that so is that true? Yes. Yes. I had not yes. heard it was directly. That's why it's called Flow. It was right? um, a thesis statement, wasn't it? The, that game was the original right. game was, it was, it was a because, thesis statement. Because in practice, it did not accomplish any of these things whatsoever. It's ironic because you know game, games like you know um, like DDR and, and the music rhythm games um, and all that stuff and, and, and Rock Band and so on, right? They do so much better at inducing a flow state than those other games. So right. what do you think of... About games where... Um, Hold that thought, because I think this is the time that we're actually going to go to break. Oh, yeah. I can hear the music. Oh, listen to that. Yeah. Oh, it's so magical in my ears. Isn't it? All right. So we're going to break. We will be back in just a moment. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And of course, if you want to call us live, no, I'm kidding. You are SOL. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding about that. But um, I do I do still need to mention our fantastic sponsor, the University of Advancing Technology. Go to their website at uat.edu to check the fantastic programs they have to offer. Um, <clears throat> now, we were talking about something, talking about flow and, and all that. I think what we didn't... <laughs> we did. Did we really wrap it up back to to the whole question in the beginning about no, we were why flow, games got got but, easier? But then we got out of the flow. yeah. The flow the flow is over right now for us. All right. Well, fact is, games got easier to make sure that more people could play them. I think that's what it. Yep. That's the summary. Yeah, but at the same time, we're sacrificing something for that, and it's something that's not really very salient, but I think it's very real, which is that people don't get the experience of learning and getting better at something with these games anymore. I think it's really important. Yeah. So I, do you have like one game that is a perfect example of how that's been degraded? Because I do. I mean, I think God of War in my head when I... Well, that that's... I mean, that's pretty good, right? One of the big, best examples I can think of actually is um, in... I think this was going along, TJ, what I think you were about to say. So... This is kind of like a secret, but a lot of Insomniac's games 
um, let's see, like Ratchet and Clank, for example, they have this dynamic difficulty adjustment, right? But they do it in, at least in my opinion, in a pretty ham-fisted way. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, most dynamic difficulty adjustment algorithms are ham-fisted um, just by their nature. But having said that, this is what they do, right? So let's say there's a sequence in the game, right, that um, you can't do. And when you die, you start back at the beginning of the sequence. Uh, they don't tell you they do this, but every time you die, it gets a little easier. Did you stumble upon this yourself? No, they told me. It's it's really, really hard to tell. It, I mean, it's to their credit that they do it in a way so that it's not apparent to the player, um, or it's not readily apparent anyway. But the long and the short of it is that you'll eventually just pass it because it'll just get easier until you can pass it, right? And what, does it ha- what happens there, right? You haven't learned anything. I've seen that before in games and wondered if that's what was happening. Like, there's, there's some extremely apparent ones where it's not, there's no question, right? And some examples of that are like, uh, I think the newer, like, Mario games. Um, what's the, what's the, the, like, back to the roots old school Mario, but it's the new one? New Super Mario Brothers Wii. That's the one <laughs> I'm thinking of. That's the one. New. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Uh, I'm pretty sure that does it does something where like it'll walk you through it if you've done poorly There's, for so long uh, after um, you die a couple of times it will pop up and say do you want to like watch a video on how to do it exactly and then donkey kong well that's Country very Returns different whatever does that you see like that's that's at least giving you the opportunity to be educated in a certain way Th- that is interesting but no what happens it is it, it tells you, you something do you want to see how to do it but then you can instantly take control of it it's not like it shows you a video and then you're back to the game you can just say okay now i want to play and you just suddenly oh, have a, control of the character after a, he's done what he oh, was supposed right. to do, it's an right? in-game video where it's actually playing it yeah. for so you it's not it's not exactly what you're describing it's different and that's my point i'm saying that it's it's much more direct there's no question about what's happening um and doritos crash course is similar where like if you if you fail this one element, I think eight times, you can it makes press a button you. and just skip past it. Right, but the but the Nintendo the Nintendo technique even still is at least by a degree or two better than the other ones because it doesn't make it easier for you. It shows you how it's done at the same difficulty, well, even though it, it's doing it for you. It actually does it for you. So in that right, sense, right, it does but, make but it easier. No, but you, it shows you. It shows I, you I how guess. it's properly done, right? Which is very, very different because that at least it'll give you some information on, okay, like this is like we're keeping the challenge the same and we're not going to challenge you with it, but here's how someone could have done it, right? And that, that imparts – But if you want to skip it, you can. Yeah, but, I mean, but, but <laughs> consider this, right? Consider how much more information it's giving the player. At least they were able to see it being done, which is I think world's better – then it's just getting easier and easier until you can pass it. Because then it's no longer the same challenge. Yeah. But That's this right. is the same thing as the, the idea of the um, elastic difficulty in a racing game, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and those things, I mean, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so – I don't even want to discuss it because it's so wrong in so many ways. Nobody likes rubber banding except kids who there's don't only, really know why. There's only two cases where you like rubber banding. See, here I am talking about it now, right? Mario like, Kart for fun. Like, no. Like, one of them is when you're watching – and another one is when you're unconcerned about the outcome because what the rubber banding does effectively is it basically um, causes the performance of all of the rubber banded competitors to approach each other regardless of how good they really are. And so it makes for a closer race, but it also effectively tends to randomize the outcome, which is horrible if you're concerned about the outcome, which is horrible if you actually care about what you're doing. But if that's the case, then how come – like when I'm playing with people, uh, there's always there's consistent winners. Like one person's well, always it, way better. It, it depends on the game, right? And it also depends on. I'm how I'm talking they about Mario Kart specifically, right? Yeah. So it depends on how they implement it, right? So surely it sounds like in Mario Kart, it's not implemented to such a strength where the outcomes are effectively randomized, right? But it also depends on the relative skills between the players, right? Like if they were pretty close, that kind of system will make the resulting performance even closer than normal. But if one guy is still way better than the other ones, then it might not be strong enough to be able to compensate for that. Not that you'd want it to. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm sure that's what it actually does. It only allows a certain amount of elasticity. 
It, in Mario Kart specifically, most of them, I know that it's just the items themselves. I don't think it actually changes the speed within the characters. I, I know some racing games will actually change the speed. I but. believe it does, but th- this may only be the single player okay. or, you know, versus the... Oh, in the single the, player, the yeah, the, it changes the uh, the rubber banding of the speeds, but it, th- there's different tiers of items that you'll get depending on where you're at in like a multiplayer match. Right, so, that, nice. so that's interesting because if somebody's really bad at using items, then any advantage of the system giving them special items conferred is not really there. Because they don't know how to use them. Well, no, no, in Mario Kart, you can get some items that don't require skill. Yeah. Just, as soon as you press the button, the guy up front gets hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, really, really bad. Well, like, not remembering to press the button. Bad. Okay. okay, okay, there you go. Because one of the items is, if you're in last place, you'll get an object that will boost you, and it controls it for you, and you'll just like run around. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Was it's that the, the magic shell? It, like? It's a, no, the bullet bill. The, like the past, like three Mario Karts have had it, where you just hit a button, it starts boosting you, and it's controlling you, and you'll go through anything and everything for a while. Wow, talk about games getting easier over time, dude. Yeah, there you go. That that does That's... get easier. But what about games where you have the option to choose the difficulty? What about that? Like, wh- that's a different story. It's it's a set difficulty the you, whole time. It's you, because then you choose like the wrong difficulty, and without. Which you're saying that dynamic difficulty is horrible, but what if you choose the wrong difficulty and then you're stuck in something being too hard and too easy well, there's, without there's trade-offs. any variations? Well, there's trade-offs either way, right? I mean, there's a million ways to implement you being able to select a difficulty for one. Like, I don't think we, we want to enumerate all of them. But, Actually, but, dude, last week before we went, went to the show, remember we talked about how I came here and I played some games? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, with Ara, right? We played some demos of Pixel Junk Shooter. Is that what it was called? Right, Junk right. Shooter, yeah. Right. Right. That was the first game that I'd ever seen where, you know, it in between lives. So you die, and then it's, all right, you want to continue, press start. You got 10 seconds. You had the option of changing your difficulty on the spot. There you go. That, that kind of solves it. But at the same time, easy, normal, and hard, they're... What does that actually mean? Each game, it's different. So well, like, that's that's one of the risks of doing some some implementation that way. It's because the meaning of that word is impossible to standardize, and so exactly. not not only that, there's the extra psychological component. Elon knows this very well of not wanting to ever play on anything called easy or even normal. Sometimes. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Normally, I like to do normal first round and then go to hard. I don't want to be like Rich. Rich always switches to easy just to, so he can like see what's so going on in the game because he cares about story so like, much. No. It's different tastes, uh. man. So like, I don't care about story. I care about the challenge. That's what we were talking about before. I want to know that I succeeded at doing something. I don't. I can watch a movie anytime I want. I can't, you know, successfully jump a gap or something um, without some sort of effort. Or not necessarily normal, but whatever the cursor's selected at at the start of the game, because sometimes it will be hard. It's selected, and then there's like extreme and ultimate. So I don't know um, about that. But my my personal rule is that I always play one difficulty greater than normal, unless that difficulty is. Uh, like hard. So if it's only three levels, if it's easy, normal, and hard, I'll go with normal. But if it's like six stages, I'll go to number four. <laughs> well, sometimes uh, one game I can think of is Bioshock. It actually changes some of the mechanics. I mean, one of the mechanics is not being able to save like in specific po- spots. Like you don't have checkpoints when you go one level higher. That's crazy. Uh, you can still save, but like I don't think there's checkpoints within the areas. So, um, yeah, it gets obviously harder because that's what it was. But um, other than that, uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah. And that that also speaks to the fact that it's impossible to standardize. You know, when you're asking a player, like, a pick normal, easy, hard, right? The only thing they have to rely on is their previous experiences with other games and what that meant. Yeah. Yeah, the only true way is to play it for a little bit, figure out, oh, is this hard or easy for me, and then restart and go back to the screen and select a new one. You know what? There's an exception to my rule. Street Fighter, normal, all the way. Because it gets stupid crazy hard. Well, that's fighting games. Normally fighting games fighting get really, games, really, man. really difficult. Because it's a robot. Uh, it's a computer. A Dude, computer can destroy you. Games. I'm disappointed in the yeah. AI. There also, there's also computers that you're playing against in other games too, TJ. Okay, fine. In, in fighting games, they, they seem more powerful than other um, other genres of video games. It's probably just a cultural thing. <laughs> what does that mean? 
Well, I mean, like the people who it's probably just oh, the Japanese versus American. You mean that that it might be that or just? I thought you were like TJ's culture just does not handle. I was going to say, what culture am I? It, it can be you? of many facets. Let's. Well, move I mean, on. At, yeah, let's do it. Okay, fine. Actually, this is this time we're about to go to break. But when we get back, I will talk more about fighting games. I mentioned this earlier. We're going to talk about this. So uh, the question is this: basically. They make changes. They make adjustments. What What are the words that he? Let me Let me open up the email. Modifications. I, do, 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 balance patches. They're putting in balance patches in games more frequently really? now, right? Yes. And so I'm going to talk about that as soon as we get back. second half of the show and it's time for me to read this email that we got um people have emailed us from time to time and, and sometimes they come back to us like your sergio did if you guys want to email us go to the website chatterboxgameshow.com pay no attention to the fact that it says that we're a live show <laughs> or or when we're live because that's not the case anymore but um you certainly can email us aura and i are on there and so email us your questions comments or things that you want to discuss on the air um, make sure to only email one of us and not both of us. That that helps it make it confusing for us, which is <laughs> good. It keeps us on our toes. Um, so this is what I, what we got from from Winston. All right, dear Chatterbox Video Game Radio, I've been a long time listener of your show since that infamous interview with Jack Thompson. I was wondering about your thoughts about balance patches in competitive games like fighting games. Should developers like Capcom release more balance changes frequently, like NetherRealm Studio? so as to encourage players to play more of a variety of characters. I know that this is a polarized topic in fighting game communities, but I like your thoughts on the topic. Okay, so. I have I have the, um, the problem with one thing he's saying What's right that? off the bat. I don't know if necessarily like the net effect of rebalancing a game is always to encourage players to play other characters. I don't think that yeah, it always is. I don't is. think that's the case at all. I mean, in some way, perhaps yes, right? But... It's not that I think that's that's necessarily the. Like, they don't do that for that reason. They do it to make the game more fair, right? Yes. It's let me let me rephrase what he said sure. with what I believe was his intention to stop people from using to stop everyone from using the same character. Okay. Because if it's fair. unbalanced and there's one person who's overpowered and you're in a competition, like everyone's going to use. Rue or Ryu or however you want to pronounce it, right? If he's the best character, or everyone's going to use whoever it is okay, that kicks fair. butt. And so there were concerns like in um, Super Street Fighter 4 that like Jun, Yun or Yang or whatever was the best character, and so they put out Arcade Edition to balance it. Um, I am not... Also to make money. I am not your foremost authority on this subject, so I don't want to pretend like I know everything there is to know about Street Fighter, but I've hung around people who are very educated in this and, and therefore picked up some of it unintentionally. But uh, So Super Street Fighter 4 came out, and basically there are concerns that some people are too powerful. I mean, that always happens, right? Uh, there was a change from Street Fighter 4 to Super, to Super Street Fighter 4 as well uh, with characters, some of them being decreased in power, some increased, subtle changes here and there. Um, and so his question is basically... What do we think of that? Is it good or bad? Now, he's framing the whole question as this is something that happens that's controversial. And I don't understand how it could be controversial. So here here I think of the two sides. In the fighting community. Well, some people would say, I've played a lot. I've practiced with this character. And then you go ahead and change it. So now this guy that I've put all this time into is no longer very good. Basically, he got nerfed and I'm screwed. I'm screwed in this next competition, right? Because I'm I'm just no longer good, which is kind of a defeatist attitude. He should just say, okay, I'm going to learn with the, the current game. 
it also creates a split. Some people like this version versus that version because maybe as they tried to make it improved, they made it worse. There's there's people like that who who like a particular version, right? Right. Well, sure. I mean, every everybody loves to complain when a change is made to their direct detriment, regardless of anything else. But at the same time, I mean, if you if you understand it, I think all these changes are always done for the benefit of the greater good, as it were, right? I mean, in that respect, it, you know, I don't, you know, I doubt that's kind well, of well. You might think so, but then then there's the idea of okay, well, when they released Super, why why did they let a character be so much more powerful than than another? Right? They, basically, they didn't put it through enough testing. Yeah. Well, here's here's another interesting facet of this, right? Um, especially, I think, in the Street Fighter games. There is such a variation in play style between people that it's really not clear at all what is really totally balanced because there are there are people who play with highly unconventional play styles and they can kind of like supersede any attempts at balance or 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 the attempts at balance so far right like balancing something in a fighting game is incredibly complex it's not clear at all right and a lot of it is, I think, probably based on observations of how people play. And so if somebody has unconventional techniques, right, they can use that to their advantage. And I think it's incredible that there's game that there's games like that in the first place, that you can adopt an unconventional play style and you can take advantage of that. Well, so that's absolutely true. But then part of the concern is too, right? So it's a competitive game. You put a lot of practice in. You play with a lot of different people. You see those various styles. You come up with defenses against other people's styles. And then they go and change it. I think part of the question is, is it okay that they change it so frequently? Not even that they just change it, right. but that it happens so often that now you're having to adjust your your gameplay all the time. Well, what um, is the frequency of these updates? See, that's the thing. It's not that frequent. Um, at least... I'm only using the example of Street Fighter. Um, however, like at the same time, I'm like, okay, it kind of, kind of is. I mean, they released Super and then they released Arcade Edition. But those like, are full like, within less than a year. Games. That's not no like Arcade a Edition patch. is just an update. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I can certainly appreciate how it can be very dissatisfying if you're used to being things a certain way, and then they, you know, I mean, it's just like the things that I complain about with like the Xbox dashboard. They just you go to a grocery store and they move around all the shit on you. Yeah. Right? And it's just like that. Yeah, that, that could that's very that's that's very disappointing. So I'm going to give my opinion on this, which is basically it my opinion is always every side of the argument, I think. So, I'm <laughs> not that you don't give a shit I'm about not, it at all. I don't think I'm a very good um I'm I'm just not good at being opinionated, but here's the thing. It's important that they make updates, right, to balance things. What sucks is that they didn't do a better job of it before actually releasing it to the public. Yes. So well, that, that speaks to a larger issue, but keep going. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's what it really comes down to. Like, it's important that they make these updates, and they wouldn't do it unless they thought it was really necessary. At least, I mean, if it's a game you care about, it's probably a game that doesn't suck. If it's a game that doesn't suck, then the people who are developing it also don't suck and have your best interests at heart uh, because they want to make a good game and they, they don't have some other... Um, purpose behind it right like yeah I'm but sure there's there's a confounding factor that throws all that into the dumpster what these days developers are under unnatural pressures to deliver product within a certain time frame and so all kinds of things get compromised like don't even get me started about skyrim but i mean like i don't think that capcom went to ono and said you need to release the arcade edition patch because we want to make money because well, I'm, I'm pretty sure – I don't even know. I think Arcade Edition – I don't not, know if it costs money every, for the patch. I think it's just a free patch on top of Super. Okay. So all that other stuff has nothing to do with it. What I'm talking about is situations where the initial release of the game has to be on such and such date, like November or whatever, because just – because. Because it has to be published, because there's schedules, because they have to make the release for – Christmas season, perhaps. Maybe there's a movie tie-in for something. Maybe there isn't, right? But there's all kinds of these reasons why the amount of time that a developer has to make the game the first time, so to speak, is very limited, right? None of, not the least of which being the fact that the longer they take to make a game, the more money that costs, right? And so 
this constant pressure just getting worse and worse and worse as budgets are getting bigger in development. And so here's one of the things that now developers can do that they didn't really ever have to do before or they never really were allowed to do before, which is, oh, let's just get the game out and then later on we'll figure out something to fix in a patch, whatever needs the most fixing. I just... I, I kind of wish we had a little bit more insight to what to what really happens in, in the example that we're talking about now, which is Street Fighter. But he, he also mentioned NetherRealm, which... It, it's horrible because I am not at all familiar with the the history of Mortal Kombat. Is this, is this the last Mortal Kombat game? Yeah, I mean, it's. Okay, I don't so think I, any other Mortal Kombat has had a lot of iteration. Well, no, there was like Mortal Kombat three and Ultimate and whatever. But so if if this is the same one I'm thinking of, um, yeah, this the, is actually the recent one. This is very interesting because um, I do remember that they were um, boasting about how the they structured the development of the game in a certain way so that they could actually do tuning on the fly without having to make a conventional patch release. Because the problem with the conventional patch release is that it has to go through certification, right? Not only it also does it cost money. Not only does it cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but it also means that, you know, every time you do it, it also means that you have to wait like a week or more until after you're done making that change for you know, the the presiding officials to say, yes, okay, go ahead, release this into the wild. So is this all done server side where it would update instantly? I don't I don't know the exact details. I'm not privy to that. But they they have some they had some method where they they basically defined a set of parameters that they could basically tweak at will and then it would change for everybody much more easily than than this conventional patching method right yeah i mean that's that's got to be just for when you're playing online or something right so but i still i still don't really like accept how controversial this can be except for the most the most complaining people because if it's a if it's a fighting game you know that what they're going to do in a fighting game is try and make it as balanced as they can and so you I, i think at this point unless you're you know unless you're new to the thing or unless you just really love being selfish and complaining, you should expect them to make changes to even things out that are going to be, you know, sometimes to your detriment. Yeah. I mean, I see that argument too. I just, I also feel for the people who put a lot of effort in, like, like I'm a Honda player and people tell me that they nerfed Honda. But what bugs me too is that I don't even know, right? Cause the I'm Honda not, Accord. no, but like, I don't, I don't know because I don't, play it with such intensity that I even like I don't follow the change logs I don't even know where to look at that stuff Um, but people just tell me he's not as good anymore and so when I play like it's like hey how come I'm not killing you as fast as I used to right well people people I think they get used to a certain level of performance of their character and it just drops right so it just drops and that's very I can see how that's frustrating on the one hand Right, because they probably picked that character because they thought they were best with that character than any other of the choices, right? Yeah, and it turns out he was just better or something. And and well, it very well may have been that that guy was just stronger in you know the most obvious ways, and so you know now now they're now they're now it's like it's like, it's like you had a handicap before. I like, think of it that way, right? You were playing with the handicap the whole time. Now we're taking it away from you. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, time for a break. We'll be right back. This is Billy D. Williams from Command and Conquer 3, and you're listening to the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. This is really, this is going to be the close of our, our first you know, we've done recorded episodes before. Have you ever done a recorded episode with me before? A little bit. That time we were in GDC, we kind of did something like that, right? Did we? I don't even remember it, what you're talking about. It might right not now. have been our recorded episode. It might have been other people's recorded episodes. Oh, yeah. No, yeah that's that what I meant, like that, that wolf guy. 
Yeah, that was for Bobby for all Black games. Wolf and Bobby Blackwolf, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All Games Radio. Yeah. They actually approached me. They thought, hey, we, we could do some live streaming through whatever system they use. So we've got a few options available to go live again. But uh, but at the moment, we're not. I think we're going to stick like this for a month or two, at, at very least, right? And until we consider other options. Is but, it is it better? Is it better to be live? So do people like that more if it's live? Live has its advantages, uh, has it certainly its disadvantages as well. We are we are s- so stuck in our ways that we are uh, recording this much like a live recording, even though it is not. So I'm I'm keeping it that way on purpose because I expect one day we'll be we'll be stuck to these sorts of rules again. Yes, by actually doing a live live show, but. Yet another Doesn't thing matter. to keep us on our toes. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, keep keep emailing and let us, letting us know uh, what you want to hear from us. But uh, we do have a couple more topics before we end the show today. Um, TJ came and actually mentioned one that I I thought was was good enough to talk, to talk about this week as well. We both had the same idea. Well, because last week we were talking about copycat games, right? Especially on the App Store. Exactly. Apple App Store. And it's not not because we're just all fancy and we wanted to talk about that, but no, it's been in the media a lot lately, which means we've been talking about it. And I think a result of that is that Apple took notice. It, Apple seems very reactionary in some ways, right? Um, but the, like they're on the, the top of things. They don't just let it sit there for years while people whine about it. They actually do something. So, um, although although TJ, remember you seem to have been complaining about uh, when I was asking you like what's so interesting about this. You're like, well, why did it take Apple so long? Yeah. And and this is like, okay, dude, like that sounds like the typical like internet complaint of saying why it took so long, like regardless of how long it takes for something to happen. So explain yourself. Well, okay. So Apple has their app store and they talk about how it's, you know, curated and all this other and the approval process and people flip out about it all the time. And there's many articles and developers complaining about this. But then why does Apple allow clones to get into their system, into the App Store, but then not remove them? So, um, Well, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, maybe I'm naive about this, but it sounds like whoever's doing the approving, maybe like that process just doesn't have a component of it that makes it easy to identify strict clones. Well, uh, so uh, the current topic is about this guy, uh, Anton, who got hit most of his apps removed from the app store, which were clones such as uh, Angry Ninja Birds, which one of them was basically uh, graphics from Angry Birds with the game mechanics of Fruit Ninja. If you – everybody knows what Angry Birds is. How would, how would whoever improved at Apple uh, this game – like, how would he not realize, oh, these are the Angry Bird graphics and it's, not buy the same it's, company? It's, I don't think it's that someone did or didn't realize it. They, it. It really sounds like whatever their process is. And once again, like my disclaimer is I'm speaking from a, a, a side of naivety about this. The, if the process does not allow – I mean, it's a corporation. So if the process doesn't have a part of it where they're like, oh, if this is too similar than this other thing, then reject, right? If that's not part of the process, then it's never going to happen no matter how much somebody who's actually doing the legwork of that approval process thinks yeah. that something similar And I would use else. Xbox Live as, as the counterexample, right? Because they, from the very beginning, said they don't want two games on Xbox Live that are the same gameplay. Yeah, and in fact, they've, they've gone, do, they've do gone they into... Do they do that? Do they actually... Not, not only do they do that, they've gone, and, and I know this for a fact, that they have gone to draconian lengths, it seems, to... Games that even slightly look like another game that has been released, even though it's completely different, will never be released. What's an example? Unless it's like a sequel. Or so something, unless it's like a sequel and it's obviously by the same okay. people. Like Limbo, for example, right? Like Limbo has black and white silhouette graphics, okay? I put money on the table right now. You will never see another game with graphics that are reminiscent of that on Xbox Live again. Unless it's made by like no. EA or but, something. But, but what about, no, unless it's like Limbo 2 or something. What, what about uh, the Xbox Live indie games? Like what are the rules with that? Because there's flat out well, like, Minecraft clones and all that other stuff. That's, that's different because yeah, indie yeah. games, I'm pretty sure they'll just let anybody release if it okay. gets approved by the community or something. Clearly yeah. there's a different set. Okay, just double of, check with that because I was yeah. going to say they de- – Yeah, that's a whole rules. other category, dude. I don't know don't what the rules that. are for indie, but for example, like if someone made chess and there probably is a chess game on Xbox Live, 
no one else is releasing a chess game, even if the one they make is better than the first one there. Well, Apple originally had, I mean, Apple changes the rules, changes the mind, changes the forums on how they accept apps. It was originally understood, at least from what I knew, my knowledge was that they would do the same thing. If every single person released a match three game, that they would start denying stuff. Uh, on the Mac App Store for the desktop, they actually denied somebody uh, a Laura Ipsum ge- generator, which is generates just random text that you can paste. Um, and they because it was too simple, that it only had one feature. Where well, that, it was that's just, a completely different criteria, though, because now we're not talking about similarity to other games. They're just talking about what does the application do. So I mean, well, it's similar in the fact that that they do have there has to be some type of quality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. App. Right. So they have, I mean, clearly so, that component is part of their so, approval process. So one of the quality of just copying somebody else's game also be one of the criterias? Um, well, I mean, it sounds reasonable, right? But like I'm saying, right, it's a corporation. Corporations don't really move this fast. Yeah, and who makes that, de- who makes, uh, how do you make the decision that this game is too much like another? Um, in in the case of Angry Fruit Ninja, which I didn't play, but I'll take for your word. Angry that it's Ninja Birds. Whatever. Numbers um, with Friends, Temple Jump, Plant versus Zombie. Yeah. All right. So, like, clearly they those games were intended to be clones. And But, like, beyond that, I could just think of so many examples in, in history, like Bust-A-Move. Um, exactly. At least what's called Bust-A-Move in the U.S., which is... Bust-A-Groove in... No, 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 no. not the dancing one. Oh, the other one. The U.S. Bust a Move, which was what? It's Puzzle Bobble. Puzzle Puzzle Bobble, that's the one. All right, so you had a friend who used to play the pants off of this game called Chuzzle. Oh, yes. Snood. Chuzzle. My my ex, you mean. Yeah, and Snood, Snood. which were all just copies of Bust a Move or Puzzle Bobble, which was probably also a copy of something else. They weren't, though, but they were were kind of clones of some other game. I think it was like... Bejeweled what? type game. You're telling it's, me that Snood was not a copy? I don't know what of, Snood wait, wait, is. I've if, never played if that. If you actually think about that, all that is is a match three, but you're you're like shooting <laughs> something. So it's yeah. like a clone of Bejeweled, but Bejeweled obviously is a no, clone of something else. Not really. But um, then maybe I'm confusing what Chuzzle's gameplay was. I thought it was like Snood, but maybe I'm thinking. No, 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 but, no. Chuzzle was very much just like Bejeweled, if I remember correctly. All right. Uh, doesn't matter. Snood is the perfect example of something that was a complete ripoff of an existing game yes. called Bust a Move or Puzzle Bobble. I I think what happens is with a the beginning of a new genre. So let's let's use Minecraft for an example. Whatever. I don't even want to say genre. What's genre? The I just want to say a, new a genre popular game when it's a completely different game mechanic. Yeah. But isn't the beginning of a new genre when enough people do the same thing over and over again? Yes, what I, what I was going to get to is like that Galaxian. People start re- uh, copying at the very, very beginning uh, and make those copies a lot closer. And as the generation goes on, they'll start coming up with original oh, I, ideas. I, oh, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a flow to that whatsoever. Well, I, I think right now, I think uh, right when Minecraft came out, there was a lot of Minecraft clones that are one to one. The graphics look the exact same. And now, quote unquote, Minecraft clones or whatever um, are people are coming up with new game mechanics, new. New actual graphics, and it doesn't no longer looks like Minecraft. And now the now I think the genre is actually called uh, sur- survival gathering games or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, you could probably even present a fairly compelling argument that Minecraft wasn't the first of its kind either. It, it, oh, it definitely is not. Uh, there was he he the the creator of Minecraft actually will give credit to uh, another game where he got inspiration from, which was just blocks in 3d space it was basically kind of voxels right but, i mean the the lines are blurred and they can get arbitrarily blurred together but let's go back to an easy example first person shooters so doom and wolfenstein 3d kind of invented first person shooters or they did so um right right away people were just calling them doom clones and people were just making mods of doom and kind of doing the same type of thing now so what's what's the point though what's many your, what's many point? many many years later now games don't look anything like doom or feel like doom at all so we but they're all first person shooters but they're still first person shooters so i'm saying right when doom came out and right afterwards people were copying specifically doom with each passing year and generation they're slowly branching out coming up with new ideas well to I the mean, point where now it doesn't even if that's Ooh, if that's happening, about. if that's happening, I think that it's more 
a result of the fact that there's there's nothing else to do because there's already if it's already cloned then there's some desire to differentiate yourself you know i mean there's always you know people like to copy things that have already been implemented for various reasons some valid some not so valid and there's a desire to differentiate yourself at some point right? the the issue is when you're you're clearly a direct copy when nothing's changing and that's what when we're talking about the app store that's what we're talking about when he makes angry ninja birds clearly he's not he's not even trying to make a different name out of it like it is it is angry birds it is uh the ninja whatever fruit ninja fruit ninja game it's clearly ripping off other people and so i don't know like you couldn't do that in a more open marketplace but in the app store where apple just gets to make its own rules they can be like you know what we believe of our, of our own accord, we just think this is too much a ripoff of something else. We're going to not allow it. Yeah, they, and that's cool, actually. But at the same time, it's a whole lot of power wielded by one group. And you know, I think we all trust people won't screw around too much. But they could. They could just be like, "No, you're not allowed to do that because we don't want you to." And screw. In fact, they pissed they, a lot they, of people off. They by, do that. They with do rules. that. Even not just with not just with uh, games that are apps, uh, but like. Uh, Google Voice. For a really long time, they were like, no, we're not going to allow Google Voice on here. They finally allowed it. And now currently, I believe uh, OnLive is having problems, which that's a video game service that uh, Apple has not approved it in the App Store to be able to play games through OnLive on the iPhone. So, and for what reason? Obviously, they don't want the competition, but there's no rules or guidelines saying that they can't do this. Yeah, well, I mean... Except, they do have except some for the rules. rules where they're like, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, there's that one. All right. Well, the rule I have is that uh, we finish off the show at some point instead of just going on forever. So this is the end of the show for today. We'll be back next week. Same, right? Same thing. That's the plan. Same bat channel. Same time, Come back. Place. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget, go to uat.edu to learn about what our uh, our sponsor does. That's the University of Advanced Technology. Go to our website, chatterboxgameshow.com. If you have anything to, to tell us or things you want to talk about, let us know. Anything else, guys? Buenos noches. Skylanders. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.